This is Friday, April 14th. What does God have planned for our world now that Jesus has come and died and been raised from the grave? As we looked at this past Sunday, we tend to focus on life after death. That is a great truth from the resurrection, but there's another one as well. It's about the life before our life after death. Now, we also tend to use the resurrection to talk about heaven. And even our concepts of heaven are not very concrete. We think of clouds in the air, a rather unreal place, one that's hard for us to visualize or imagine. You could say it's more a concept than a reality. Yet here's the thing. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was not a ghost. The disciples touched Jesus. They ate with him. Jesus even started a fire and prepared food for the disciples. This challenges the way we tend to speak of our future with God. You see, God is not waiting until some moment in the future to renew our world. God began this renewal at the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is the beginning of God's whole new creation, you could say. And what God began in Jesus is continuing in your life. As we looked at again on Sunday, Paul's great chapter on the resurrection ends with these words. This is 1 Corinthians 15:58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, the surprise to the ending of this most comprehensive teaching on the resurrection of Jesus is that Paul doesn't talk about heaven or life after death. He doesn't say, sit back and relax and wait for the kingdom of God. It's coming in the future at some point. No, Paul says that this means that what you do here and now matters. It's not in vain. Now, what this means is that the new creation has already begun. You see, we think of God's new creation as a replacement for the old. But no, it's a transformation of the old, not a discarding of it. As one scholar explained, what you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, painting, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, writing poems, Caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself, will last into God's future. These activities are not simply a way of making this life, present life, a little less beastly, a little more bearable until the day when we leave it behind altogether. They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. So for many people, seeing this truth is transformational. They were taught to believe that God is going to destroy the old world and start over. They were taught that this world was devolving in constant decline, and there's no sense in investing in it. It's a lost cause. But that is not what we learn from Scripture. We ourselves are called new creatures in Christ. We're being told that the work of God has already begun in and with us. Now, the way we live springs from this new reality, and our world will be renewed, not destroyed. That's how Paul can say that what we do right here and right now is important. 
I think he's trying to get us on mission and for us to see how critical the mission of the gospel actually is. And as we have said, what we do will not be lost. But to the extent it is part of the coming of God's kingdom, it will be gathered into the future kingdom of God. I like the way one teacher taught this. What God does is that he retains the software right, of his kingdom, but he will remake the hardware. That is, he will renew the physical creation, but preserve that which is already in accord with the new world. It is like moving your data, data from one computer to another. The same data is there, but a completely new hardware system is now put in it to work. God promises to do something like that in our world. Now, before we finish up, we need to put a little finer point on this. In God's world, we are his agents. We have been given the calling of doing his work, extending his kingdom, and advancing the gospel in preparation for the coming of Jesus, when the kingdom will be present in all its fullness. So what is your part? Well, it's to use the gifts that God has given you to fulfill his calling in the world. If you're a business person, you conduct your business as the, your king would have you do, in the way you treat your employees and your clients. If you're a musician or artist, you practice your craft to the glory of God. I like the simple way explained elsewhere by the Apostle Paul in Scripture. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's Ephesians 2.10. That wonderful little word in Greek that's translated handiwork is where we get our word poem. You see, you are God's carefully designed creation made to serve him bringing his kingdom into our world in flesh and blood. You see, God is spirit. He doesn't have a body like you do. Ordinarily, God plans for his kingdom to come into our world through his people. And so that means you and me. All that is done as part of his kingdom. That part of his kingdom will last until the day again when the fullness of God's kingdom comes. Let's pray. God Almighty, give us a view of your world that reflects the truth of your purposes and plans. Teach us your ways and enable us by your Spirit to fulfill the calling that you have given to us. In the name of Jesus, amen.